3: Welcome to the Hempresent Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can fill your knowledge void of cannabinoids and get your PhD in THC and CBD, because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer Radio Rebellion Against Prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest. Speak flower to power for 28 years and found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hempfest from AHA Publishing, also found at Hempfest. Org. Today's guest on Hemp% is the founder and CEO of Minorities for Medical Marijuana, Roz McCarthy, who will join me in just under one minute. While we fight for social justice and equality in everything cannabis, it's important to acknowledge that racial disparities have not only occurred in the criminal justice system, meeting out disproportionate policing and sentences to communities of color, but also the racial and gender inequities that still persist in the burgeoning cannabis industry. Fortunately, there are people working to advocate for people of color and to promote racial equity in the industry, as well as to bring info and education about cannabis to these communities and beyond. I've had several of these folks on the show, and I'm most honored to have a real accomplished leader in these efforts with me today. Rosalind Roz McCarthy is the founder and CEO of Minorities for Medical Marijuana, Inc., which is a national nonprofit organization representing the cannabis and hemp industry. She's responsible for the day-to-day operations and is the chief strategist involved in developing advocacy, education, and marketing campaigns to promote awareness, information, and education about the efficacy of cannabis and the viability of hemp. Roz is also the CEO President of the Genesis Group, a full-service cannabis consulting firm, and she is managing partner of Plant Life Company, a full-spectrum cannabis nutrient company. Minorities for Medical Marijuana received the Cannabis Business Award 2018 Organization of the Year, and Roz McCarthy... Was hey, Roz. Named- High Times Magazine's 100 Most Influential People in Cannabis in 2017, and she's joined me today to bring some of her knowledge and perspectives directly to you. Welcome, Roz, to Cannabis Radio. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Roz, Minorities for Medical Marijuana is a nonprofit organization providing advocacy, education, training, and outreach to underserved communities. For our listeners, in your words, how might minorities in America— be underserved as far as medical marijuana might be concerned
4: absolutely first and foremost thank you again for one it was an outstanding introduction I was like oh my gosh it was awesome I loved it so no um, thank you for shining a light on the work we're doing as an organization I get questions all the time about you know what do you guys do specifically how are you making a difference so we're going to get into some really deep um, conversation about what we're doing and how we are making a difference um, as an organization, um, you know, I started the organization because there is a disparity just by the sheer, we know about the, 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 we know about the social justice disparity, um, this, the, this, the disproportionate um, arresting and um, incarceration of black and brown people. But there's a disparity about uh, just healthcare care in general of how this plant can make a difference. And um, in, in America, there's healthcare disparities, and I just felt like with my healthcare background, um, my mom passed away from breast cancer, um, my father lost his eyesight to glaucoma, and I have a, a 20-year-old son who has sickle cell anemia, I felt like I, it was re- my responsibility as the organization founder and leader to be able to provide insight and change minds, break stigmas regarding this plant, and the efficacy of this plant, so that when folks are dealing with medical um, issues and medical conditions, that we are able to show them how this plant can provide a better quality of life that can maybe be utilized as a option of care versus traditional options. So that was the first and foremost. Um, when you read our name, it is Minority for Medical Marijuana, and truly we have a, a very focused approach on medical and making sure that we educate on the medical benefit. <laughs>
3: I just want to say I've I've researched you and your organization, and I'm just wow! I'm so impressed with all the things that you're involved in. It's it's really impressive, Uh, and and I just feel like you know, as far as national leadership, it seems like we've taken some big steps backwards uh, recently, uh, and just kind of created additional obstacles in so many areas. Um, the the Reverend Jesse Jackson has said in the past that our criminal justice system has the emphasis on the system rather than the justice and proving that point one of the most shameful aspects of the war on drugs in general and the enforcement of cannabis prohibition specifically is the disproportionate amount of people of color that have been targeted, prosecuted, and incarcerated Um, and and I know it's not your specific mission but, but before we get into your work from your perspective uh, what kind of work is being done to correct this injustice? How how best might our listeners fight help fight uh, back against these inequities? Do you
4: have any thoughts on that? Absolutely. So so first, uh, a part of <clears throat> M4MM in our focus does have a social justice uh, area of concern or, or of focus, along with public policy, along with education, and along with economic development and workforce development. So the social justice, the work that needs to be done Really, I look at it as, um, I wanna call it re- release and repair. How do we release people that have been incarcerated and who are still incarcerated for this plant? How can we um, petition our state department of justices, our federal department of justice to look at these, um, these um, arrest records and look at people that are still incarcerated and perhaps release them and release them to the opportunities where we repair their lives, that we are able to um, Create opportunities for them to get back into the work, um, into the work um, place, and, and, and they're able to thrive and not have this um, ding held over over their head, and, and that really stops them from being able to thrive and to develop, um, you know, um, I, w- I would say a mainstream type of relationships and jobs and opportunities because they have this 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 um, um, you know this this black eye you know that there that's sitting on their record. Um, as an organization, um, we have to truly I mean um, we can't talk about equity and talk about you know inclusion without talking about the social justice component. Um, it's a reality and and what excites me the most is is that we do it through a couple of different things. We have a, a program called Project Clean Slate and Project Clean Slate is all about creating a new slate um, you know creating an opportunity to, to um, release and repair um, through expungement. Um, going through and, and creating an expungement clinic where you get your record cleared, but not only that, provide we provide a wraparound services. So imagine this: um, you have someone that gets their record cleared, but maybe they're still struggling. Maybe they're still having some type of issue with getting a driver's license, um, finding health care, finding a job. We actually had our our Michigan um, location is um, chapter president is planning a workshop for ex-felons who have a marijuana offense on their record to show them to just go back and say, hey, listen, let's go and retweak your resume. Let's show you how to make sure you know how to fill out the an application um, and all the points they're asking for. Let's go revisit some of these social, the social skills, some of these soft skills to make sure you're prepared. And, le- and let's make sure that we look at the law in Michigan and see if what, um, who can maybe still participate in the legalized industry and, and maybe who can't based upon what the law says. And so that's one of our, an example of our project Clean Slate where we are taking the initiative to go and help repair and, and release and repair people from, um, you know, from past aggressions or, 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 or past, um, you know, harms that have been, you know, with arresting uh, for uh, cannabis and for possession and, and possibly trafficking.
3: I love relation repair. I actually, I wrote that down and I'll give you credit for it. Isn't it, isn't um, it
4: awesome? I, you could get, I give me credit for it, but you listen, you share, we share it together. Truly, if we are right. able to really push this forward, it's organizations like yourself. It's not just the minority organizations who are focused on this um, we we have to, as a cannabis community, really wrap our arms around these folks, that I call them pioneers. And like, I don't use the term black market, I say illegal market, because one, I don't want to have a con- connotation of saying, oh, it's a black market, and what does that infer? It means bad, um, you know, it's, maybe people say they associate black people to black market, which is bad. No, it was the illegal market but they were pioneers they were the they were the ones looking at how do you create a business out of something that they realized that it made people be able to cope better with life and so that's how we want to acknowledge them and and it's just a it's a it's a great time to be able to partner with folks like yourself they're saying listen i like release and repair how can we how can we push this verbiage out there even more so
3: raj you, i believe you currently reside in the state of florida uh Flor- Florida is not known to be very weed friendly. In March of 2018, I interviewed on this show a Florida medical marijuana patient named John Inman. He had a police SWAT team show up at his home in an armored personnel carrier with assault rifles, like 20 guys. They busted out the windows of his home, they busted his door down, and they proceeded to arrest him. And he's extremely ill and his daughter for less than an ounce of weed, and when he showed them their me- his medical card, they didn't know what it was, and they said they'd be investigating that doctor. Uh, can you briefly tell us what, what's the medical marijuana system like in Florida these days?
4: You know what, Florida, you are absolutely right in your characterization of Florida, um, unfortunately. Um, it's the third most popular state in the union with over 21 million people that live here either permanently or temporarily. Um, and it's just a travesty in regards to the education that's been provided and then even access to, um, to, um, you know, uh, to, uh, products and, and, um, care for those individuals who want to look at cannabis as an option for them. Um, what I would say right now in um, 2018, um, you know, we're living in, you know, how you say, you know, dogs are, they, they, you know, a, a puppy or a dog has dog years versus regular human years. I look at cannabis as well. There are cannabis years. So what happened in 2018 has has dramatically changed in 2019. Uh, we've seen more focus on on law enforcement education. Um, we've seen a lot of more focus on um, news coverage that really um, highlights when there's an issue with individuals who have been detained or that have been, you know, harmed by someone assuming that they weren't supposed to have the that they have in hand. Um, Do I think it's going to change overnight? Do I think some of those behaviors are going to change? No, but I do think that it's becoming more mainstream and there's more positive coverage versus this like, oh my gosh, we don't, like for someone to say, hey, we got to go and check up on this doctor. Well, no, you don't because, you know, we have a system in Florida that you automatically, if someone shows their card, they can automatically go into a database and pull up and see who that doctor is. if that card was assigned appropriately, they can match it with their driver's license. There's so many things that you can do to make sure that this person is, is who they are and that they're, that they um, legally have their product that you don't have to go and make those arbitrary statements. And so I think as time goes on, year after year, you know we're in 2019 right now, we've made strides. In 2020, there's going to be even bigger strides. So it's more, I mean, the cannabis years is, is I equate it to dog years in regards to education. Um, but I will say that Florida, out of all the states, with the number of people that we have, we are so far behind in regards to education, in regards to outreach, in regards to, um, you know, um, options for your medicine. Um, it, it is uh, it's lacking in so many different areas.
3: My guest is Rosalind Ros McCarthy from Minorities for Medical Marijuana. We're going to take our first pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws Your Word from our sponsors. Come back. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll
2: out for the people that let us present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The National Cannabis Industry Association's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. Returns to San Jose, California's McInerney Convention Center July 22nd through the 24th. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com and take part in the most influential, award winning Cannabis Conference and Trade Show hosted by the cannabis industry's only National Trade Association. NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo offers attendees three days of engagement and interactive programs. Arrive early so you can participate in our pre conference workshops and off site tours. Join hundreds upon hundreds of exhibitors and thousands upon thousands of attendees at NCIA's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, July 22nd to the 24th in San Jose, California. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. That's CannabisBusinessSummit.com.
3: the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc.
2: Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z dot com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian
3: McPeak. We're back with Roz McCarthy. Roz, when it comes to advocacy, minor, Minorities for Medical Marijuana has an impressive track record. Your representatives have lobbied people like Senators Chuck Schumer, Robert Casey, and Cory Booker, and congressmen including Hakeem Jeffries, Elijah Cummings, and Earl Blumenauer, just to name a few. Can you describe some of your lobbying efforts and some of the issues that you've been championing?
4: Absolutely. I think our first lobbying efforts lobbying effort started at a state level. Um, as you realize over the past couple of years, we have uh, seen states legalize, and they're setting you know, policy up in regards to how to do business in their state. And we felt like it was important for us to start at that level where we are interacting with legislators to help them form the, the regulations and, and to give suggestions on what that policy should look like for from a diversity and inclusion standpoint. Um, from, from that point, we've now kind of escalated and now going um, and spending time at the federal level. um, You know, meeting with Congressman Blumenauer was empowering, it was was exciting, it was eye-opening. He's very passionate about making sure that cannabis legalization happens. Um, We um, are focused on, you know, descheduling the plants, We're focused on the release and repair, um, the concept of being able to rewrite and and support individuals who have been incarcerated for the plant. Um, So many awesome things that we're able to share from a, at a federal level now. Um, Giving these talking points, helping our legislators to understand how serious it is. Um, Some of the things that we know we take for granted because we're in the industry and this is what we do all day long, they don't. They write policy. And they write policy for a lot of different things. And so the whole goal of of lobbying is to take, you know, five or six, maybe seven points, that are really, really important, and be able to drive those points home. And so we have one of our areas that we focus on is an anti-youth program, anti, you know, in regards to um, youth not utilizing the plants and and hopefully um, making sure that the way that we are going to, set policy at a federal level should include um, supporting our youth and saying, no, um, this is not something that is, is for young people. It's for adults. And this is the reason why. And so um, it's just it's been extremely um, uh, encouraging um, to see the feedback we've gotten, the support we've gotten from the state level and the federal level. I think we have a lot of work to, to go. I think we still have a lot of minds to change. Um, it's not going to happen overnight. I tell people all the time, I will take um, you know ten yard incremental gains um, versus no gain at all. And I think the type of government that we have, we're not going to see reform sweeping changes overnight. It's going to be that first yard in first and ten. Okay, great. Now we're going. We've made that first yard. Um, we made we made it um, um, to that ten yard mark. Now we're going to the twenty yard mark and we're gonna march down the field and hopefully within a very short time period, we will see the change that we need to see happen in order to make sure that we rewrite some of the wrongs um, that have happened over the course of the last 40 to 50 years.
3: Roz, Minorities for Medical Marijuana, is a Inc, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Can you briefly tell us where your funding comes from and how can people support the important work that you're doing for minority communities?
4: Absolutely. So, <laughs> I get calls about, well, what are you guys doing? How do you use the money, or what have you? Um, as any 501c3, you have your administrative costs, and then you have your programming. We have seven national programs. We have programs for veterans, for for our Latin ex um, um, for our Latinx um, community. Uh, we have programs program for um, you know for our college students, so that they are able to have an opportunity of or an internship in the industry. And so ways that people can contribute, um, there's a couple. Um, we have individual um, M4MM members. These are individuals who support what we're doing as an organization, or they are startup businesses who join us, and that fee to join us is 100 bucks for the year. We make it very affordable, they get, uh, you know, the support they need, they get webinars, they have an opportunity to market their business, they have an opportunity to get discounted tickets for events or what have you, so that's one area. Um, We have another area where we have corporate partnerships, where corporations, our large multi-state operators, our large cannabis companies, say Rods, m 4 mm we believe in what you're doing. We like the work that you're doing. We wanna support you, not only from a, a policy standpoint or sharing our resources, but we wanna share funding. We wanna make that contribution and become a corporate partner. And so that happens that way. And then normally as a 501c3, we have donations. Um, we haven't had the big ticketed donations like 25,000, 50,000, we don't get that. We get you know a $5 donation, we'll get a $25 donation. And I think as we continue to grow, We're only in year three that we will start to finesse our fundraising opportunities so that we're able to do a better job, provide more programs, but for those people that want to donate, they can do it now. If you want to become a member, you go to our website and you can become a member right now. If you want to be a corporate partner, we have that opportunity. You call us, we walk you through what that looks like, and it helps. Those contributions help us. We grow. We're able to help other folks grow in this industry, and it all comes back, and it's a great way to have a give back to support. Uh, we have about a minute and a half left before the next break. I believe Medical
3: uh, Minorities for Medical Marijuana it has a presence in 24 states throughout the country. Is that yep. accurate? That um, is accurate, and, and also in Toronto and in Jamaica. Wow. And the website is minorities, the the number four medicalmarijuana.org um how can people can people just get involved can they volunteer uh, and 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 is the website where people find find out if you're in their state
4: absolutely we have a contact page so if you go to m the number 4 mmunited.org that's might be that might be easier so if you if you're still out minorities i get it wrong every time and not you know just by accident but getting involved is easy um I'm approachable. I'm on all the social media platforms. my board chair is. Um, I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit, but you can go to our website, send us a, a note and say, hey, I want to volunteer or hey, i'm in I'm in Maryland and I want to get connected. and we'll get you connected to our chapter president. And these chapter presidents, they're doing this, they're not getting paid. they are this is their give back. Um, They are are, are really supporting the organization and believe that in order for us to make moves and to be able to make an impact collectively, we have to just join arms and link up up under one banner. And it it just happens to be um, minorities for medical marijuana. So um, we welcome people that want to volunteer, that want to be a part of us. And you don't, and let me make this note you do not have to be a minority. You don't have to be African American. You don't have to be Hispanic American, Latin American. You don't have to be, um, of, uh, of a different ethnicity in order to, or, or the same ethnicity to be a part of us. I have so many people that don't look like me that have been the biggest champions, the biggest supporter, the biggest, um, you know, cheerleader that have helped us in so many different ways and they just believe in what we're doing. And so you don't have to look at yourself and say, well, I wouldn't qualify. No. Time to we're roll out for
3: together. the people it's that Roger let Patrick, us have present. Hang hey, loose. Our final going
2: we're away. coming right back. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure. This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. So it seems like a smart investment. Look for Smart Pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America, and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you, or order yours online at SmartPots.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian
3: McPeak. We are back on Hemp Present with final questions for Rosalind, Roz McCarthy. Uh, Roz, uh, wow! I just wow. Your 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 group, your work is just so essential and important. Uh, do you have any final thoughts while we still have a few minutes left that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Uh, anything you'd like to add so far?
4: You know what? I think the questions that you asked were really spot on. Um, getting, folks want to learn more about what do you do, what can we do, how can we work together. Um, um, one of the main questions I get all the time is you know, what's important in social equity and I I tell people all the time it's a very holistic standpoint that we take when we look at social equity. We look at social equity from a business standpoint we look at social equity and social justice and how those two can merge together or converge together. We look at social equity in regards to how do we make sure that our young people our people that still live in communities that have been impoverished that they are not given a green light when they see medical marijuana they see that on a television commercial at someone or on a news program um, that they realize that this is for adults and this is not for young people. We, we talk about how do we, we talk about the you know um, focus on the release and repair. How do we repair lives? And so I just want you guys to know that we're not perfect as by a long shot. We show by a long shot we're working hard to deliver our national programs Um, These programs are focused on communities of color, individuals, where we, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that consumers are sharp, they know exactly what their options are in regards to medicine, in regards to the product, that they're informed, um, that they feel inspired, and they feel like, man, this could be a true um, option for me for care. And that they don't feel like, you know what, I'm going to be targeted. That um, for some reason, that this medicine is not meant for me. That they're going to get a fair shake, like just like anyone else, to be able to live a healthy life. A life. And then, and then on the other side, um, honestly, the ecosystem of cannabis right now is truly heavily slated on one side. Right now, there's only about a three percent market share of individuals of color who own businesses that are touching the plant, cultivator, extractor. Um, dispensary owner how can we increase that how can we see more people get involved that are coming um, from these communities who want to serve the community so um, again I encourage people get to know us become a member if you're a corporation if you're listening to me make sure you become a corporate partner we have a fit for you we need you we need that support. If you have a skill set, we need grant writers. We need, you know, we need videographers. We need people to help tell our story. We have some awesome stories. We just got through having a boot camp in Missouri, which was freaking awesome. We had 50 people that participated. And last night we had a pitch contest where nine teams out of the 50 ended up pitching their business to investors in order to get funded in Missouri. And so we have so many awesome things that are lined up that we wanna do, but we know that we need the resources and we need to come together as a community, as a cannabis community and work it out together. So I just appreciate you guys. Next year, Hemp Fest, I wanna be there. I want to talk. I want us to have a booth. I want us to stay connected. So I'm, I'm just so super excited about being on today. Well, we're very excited
3: too. And, and excuse me, quickly, um, what was that That better URL, that better website?
4: Sure. It's m4mmunited.org. So M and Mary, the number four, m in Mary, m as in Mary, united.org. Or you can always call us, 877 877- nine hundred zero eight three two Ross McCarthy
3: thank you so much for being on the show and, and so much for your essential and groundbreaking work
4: There, thank you so much for having me I appreciate you
3: my pleasure now I'm going to get to a weekly feature here present on cannabisreader.com that's the quote of the week and here it is almost always the creative dedicated minority has made the world better and those are the words of the courageous civil rights leader the reverend dr martin luther king jr that concludes this installment of Hempers on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reaper repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo Sapien on a journey to justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile until then my friends stay strong stand tall toke it easy don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com the hempresent theme song take back the plants performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself turn up the music maestro because i'm out marijuana
2: The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is
0: prohibited